This is the Tan Talk Radio Network, AM 1340, WTAN. Hey, listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. has ever attempted such a distance before. 300 feet from field goal to field goal. What's going through your mind right now? You look really good. I got lucky. Luck don't cover it, JB. You got an angel looking after you. Maybe it's something else. All you have to do is sigh. Forget about family. Forget about friends. Forget about love. You will be the writer for as long as you live. I'm not doing it. You have no choice. Story goes that he'll be normal during the day, but at night, in the presence of evil, the rider takes over. You deserve a second chance. Blackheart's coming to create hell on Earth, and you have the power he needs. Stay away from anybody he can use against him. Roxanne. Don't you care about me at all? You have to leave now. I'm not going anywhere. Any man who sells his soul for love has the power to change the world. Smell your fear. I'm gonna take this curse and use it against you. No! You have this rat shopper. Those off flames and stuff. His face was a skull and it was on fire. On fire? Like. Looking for someone. I'm good. I feel like my skull's on fire, but I'm good. Set the way back machine. Yes, sir, Mr. P. 
This is Arlen Ness from Dublin, California, motorcycle builder and designer, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgia Freedom and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk, 1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our past shows, don't forget to visit our archive page, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Good evening, Tommy. How you doing? Just wonderful, Robert. Yourself? I'm <laughs> hanging in there. Yeah. Well, we have a very, very special guest sitting in with us this afternoon. I see that. Where? Yeah, where? Where? Yeah. It's my own pride and joy. My little, as they say, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. My own son. Bobby, how are you doing this evening? Pretty good. How about you? Pretty good. Well, Bobby's home. Tommy. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby's uh, home from uh, college for a week, for so a week. Uh, he's going to hang out here with us and uh, help get us all straightened out here. Right, Tommy? <laughs> Came home for some free meals and stuff like that. The, that and uh, yeah, do some uh, show annual show maintenance. Uh, <laughs> yeah, annual show maintenance, right? So, um, but anyway, all right. Regularly so, scheduled maintenance. Regularly scheduled maintenance. Okay, so what's going on? Let's go right to the FLA Car Show minute, and uh, let's see what's because going on. For this. all things motorsports, we go to flacarshows.com. Yeah, that's right. You can find out about all the stuff that's going on. Let's see. Well, the swapping was last weekend, but the weather was looking kind of crappy. So, kind of crappy, and. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> so we, uh, we we skipped that, and we did some other stuff. Although, on Saturday, we went to uh, Reason Port Motor Cars, Cars and Coffee, and then we went to uh, Garage One, Gene Teston's uh, Garage One car show. So that was pretty cool. So we saw a lot of people we hadn't seen in a while. We don't go to these events all the time, but we generally try to make you know at least three or four a year. Cars and Coffees are a lot of fun. They're really just kind of a casual meetup. And you hear us talking about those all the time, and we occasionally go to... Uh, DuPont, and then, of course, we head on over to actually one of our favorites. Now, see, here's the deal. With with Reeves and Port Motorcars, they have the guy over there makes, what, is beignets? Beignets, yes. Beignets yes, yes. and coffee, and it's delicious. And, uh, and you know, he keeps making beignets, and he, and keep, he makes more beignets. Yeah. And you just come back and get more beignets. Yeah, 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 yes. I think I gobbled down four. I don't know how many you had. I think you lost kind of six, right? Something yeah, like well, that. Well, we definitely, we, we stopped at six. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a bit. Now, uh, Dimmit. They're they, little. <laughs> yeah, they're little. They're little. Now, Dimmit, they, uh, they go over the top. They actually go out and buy Crispy cream donuts. Now, you haven't been to that one yet, yeah, because you're always away at school. Yeah. But uh, Dimmit uh, does the auto group down there off of Gandy, does an excellent job. Of course, while we're there, we check out the Aston Martins, we check out the Rolls Royces, and we check out, most importantly, the McLarens. Yes. So, anyway, so back to the. After F- we're done with the donuts. After we're done with the donuts, <laughs> right. And, of course, you know, orange juice and water and coffee and all the other Donuts. <laughs> and more donuts, yeah. At Krispy Kreme. And, I, of course, I'm, uh, you know, a, a chocolate frosted kind of guy. But at any rate, all right, so flacarshows.com, what's going on this weekend? Well, this weekend is a big event. It's over in San Augustine at the World of Golf, and that is Riding into History. And that's for motorcycle guys. So guys that, uh, you know, car guys like motorcycles, motorcycle guys, uh, well, I don't know. It's funny. You have more guys that are in the cars that gravitate to motorcycles as opposed to more motorcycle guys that go to cars. So it's fair to say that a, motorcycle, a car guy probably has a motorcycle, but a motorcycle guy doesn't necessarily have a car. Uh, but he might have 10 motorcycles in his garage and take up a lot less room, right, Bobby? That's true. can and, fit a lot of them. Right. Uh, 
next week is a big special week for us because next week is our ninth year anniversary Woo. show. Nine years on the air. Yes. Wow. Going into our tenth. See, it's really easy to keep track because when you start in 2010, you're just like, oh, what year is it? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. So it was May... 13th, 2010. 2010. We can almost put established over our... Uh, oh, yeah, established our... in 2010. Yeah, that's kind of cool. We can do that. You know, or, or Is that what that means? Something I used to think that, that <laughs> yes. was... Yeah, est, uh, estimated it, estimated you know, at estimated, twenty estimated start time. You know, <laughs> your uh, estimated time of arrival. But today, <laughs> your your yeah. table will be ready. And, <laughs> and <laughs> but uh, so anyway, and uh, so this weekend, like I said, is uh, writing in history. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The big day being Sunday. And if you really want to see some pretty amazing motorcycles, it's definitely uh, an event to check out. Now, last week we had Jack Wells on because Jack Wells, who is a regular at uh, writing in history. He was on his way to California to go out to the Quail Motorcycle Gathering. Um, that's put on by uh, our friends out there and um, uh, Gordon McCall. And he also does the McCall Motorworks, or excuse me, the um, Motorsports Gathering at the Quail. The Quail Motorsports Gathering, yeah, that's what it's called. This is the Quail Motorcycle Gathering, and that's the Quail Motorsports Gathering. And uh, pretty amazing events. And, you know, the interesting thing about that is that it is kind of like an all-inclusive deal. And it's limited. I don't know about the motorcycle gathering, but I know the... And we're going to have to have uh, Gordon on. But the uh, car sh- the car show is, I think, limited to 3,000 people. And uh, it's it's cut off at that. And uh, But it's a pretty amazing event. They've got some of the finest... Um, cars that show up there. They got some of the finest motorcycles that show up there because it's kind of like a combination of both, mostly focused on cars. Food, uh, drink, uh, everything is there. Entertainment. Uh, there's a kind of like they have a stage set up. So basically, do they do interviews? They feature cars. It's pretty cool. It's uh, pretty. It's probably one of the best events during the whole Monterey Collector Car Week. And of course, you know, you hear me talking about the four major events that you want to go to each year. For those of us in Florida, it starts obviously with Amelia Island, the uh, Amelia Island Concourse, or Collector Car Week. Then you've got uh, Monterey Collector Car Week, and then you've got uh, SEMA, which is November. Actually, I forgot Scottsdale. Scottsdale kind of kicks off the year because that's in January, and uh, so it's pretty the one nostalgic radio and cars calendar year. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's it. You know, so those are the, those are the biggies. Now we try to eke in a lot of them because we. What? Well, we go to FloridaCarshows.com. We find out what's going on in Florida. We go to the Boca Grand Concourse. We go to, uh, that's what else we do. Um, so, uh, stuff. Oh, there, there's a, a show down in uh, Fort Myers or Naples. I think it's called Cars on the Fifth. That's actually a pretty good show. And I'm not sure if it was last weekend or it's coming this weekend. We go to the Deborah Kaiser show each year. That's a pretty good event. That's out in Sarasota. But down in Sarasota on um, Santa Bell Island, I think it is, they have a big square down there. You've been to that a number of times. And they have, mm-hmm. you know, Porsches in the, on the, in the circle, mm-hmm. or they have Mustangs in the circle, or Ferraris in the circle, or whatever mm-hmm. they call it. it. It changes a little bit, but it's down there in, uh, in the circle. You know, it's like a big giant roundabout, and all these restaurants and really cool boutique stores are all around the uh, outlying area. So it's pretty neat. And, uh, you know, you, 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 when you go to these events, you know, the, the local car shows that we have here, um, you know, you get the local guys, and it's pretty hangout. Now, when you, if I go back... 40 years, wow, 40 years, back in the 70s, when I used to street race a lot, we had our hangouts. We used to hang out at Clearwater Beach, and it was funny because we used to group. You know, the Ford guys were over here, Chevrolet guys over here, the Mopar guys over there, AMC guys, and that was pretty much all you had back in those days. 
and um, you might have split them up a little bit more, you know, more of the Mustang guys, maybe the Fairlane guys and the Camaro guys and the Chevelle guys and the Firebird guys and the uh, GTO guys and the Mopar guys just kind of had to band together because they were generally outnumbered. And uh, so whether you had a GTX, or Roadrunner, or Satellite, or Cuda, or something like that, you know, you were kind of like, uh, you had the group. But at any rate, but it was kind of cool back in those days. And then we set up street races, and we'd go out and, and do our thing. Uh, my day was Courtney Campbell Causeway and Boot Ranch, which today you definitely can't go out there and make Booth Ranch. Uh, nowadays, I think they go out to Gandhi and maybe a few other places they can, you know, try not to get caught. Terra Verde used to be a big place that everybody used to go. That was for the St. Pete crowd. Oh, yeah, then you had the St. Pete crowd, you had the Clearwater crowd, you had the Tampa crowd, and, of course, we were, uh, you know, there weren't gangs or anything like that, but there were just, like, uh, us against them, you know, the St. Pete crowd against the Clearwater crowd, the Clearwater crowd against the Tampa crowd, the Clearwater-Tampa crowd against the St. Pete crowd, the St. Pete crowd, the Clearwater crowd against the Tampa crowd. It was pretty fun. And then once in a while, somebody would stray in from Orlando or Lakeland <laughs> or wherever, and then it was all-out war, you know, because then we all ganged up on them, and they all ganged up on us, so it was pretty cool. But it was when I say gang, you know, it was just a street race thing, and it was pretty pretty, pretty wicked back in the day. And uh, so well, now we try to say, support your local racetrack. Now we try yeah, exactly, you know, so uh, there's more and more of those events uh, popping up. But uh, there's a group out there, and we're going to get her on the show, Tiffany, and her, Tiffany Moore, I think is her name, and her dad, Bobby. Bobby's a drummer, super cool guy. They do a thing called, what is it, Florida Street Scene? Yes. So they cater kind of like to the younger crowd, you know, and, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to figure out how us old guys, you know, uh, can kind of assimilate to the, with the young guys and vice versa. You know, they don't gravitate to us because we're still use points and condensers and a carburetor, and these guys use uh, turbos and intercoolers and fuel injection and stuff that we can't do uh, without a computer. You can. What was that? We were at that one car show, and you you brought up a point there, something about how to bridge the old guy with the new guy. Oh yeah, that's but that's a whole show in itself. That's a whole show in itself. But basically, what it boils down to is hot rodding is hot rodding. Hot rodding is souping up mm-hmm. a car. So you know, from our perspective, when you see a guy that souped up a late model car and he did all that trick stuff, you're going, "Whoa, okay, that's kind of cool. I can get that." So if you kind of like think about it for a second, it's no different than what we did back in the day. We how we hot rodded our cars with gears and trannies and and uh, big carburetors and twin intakes and carburetors and superchargers and whatever else they had back in the day. And of course, today with all this new technology, they got lots of turbos, lots of intercoolers, and lots of exhaust and lots of tire and lots of suspension. Well, and essentially that it's going to happen to this generation later on in life because of how you know, it takes takes a little more time to get up and established now and things like that so that it, it will look similar to what it did back then but just just yeah, but you know just what? Just a little, little later on in life. In our day, you could go to the junkyard and get junkyard yeah, that's parts, true. That's and true. stuff was cheap. You could find it, and you, you know, you could you could build. I mean, we, it, but it was really simple. It was mechanical. What was that? We were talking the other day. Uh, we were someplace, you and I, and the guy sits there and goes, "Oh, you're more of a hardware kind of guy." And that I had was, to think. Yeah. I had to think about that for a second. You know, you're you're a little cross section of both because <laughs> I've kind of influenced you with you know mm-hmm. mechanically and and doing your own thing. But then, you know, you understand the high tech side of it, which. You know, I'm still trying to figure that out. But at any rate, um, the you know, I think you're going to see more and more. I mean, the car culture is huge. It's strong. It's probably mm-hmm. as big as it's ever been, and it's just going to continue. I mean, more and more people are getting into it. And, you know, cars is cars. Is cars. You know, no matter where you go, people really, really gravitate to cars. I mean, especially vintage stuff. You know, people just always, you know, like when we drive our old stuff, you know, we're always getting thumbs up. And, you know, people always say, oh, yeah, I got an MG story or I got a Pinot story or I got a Mustang story or something like that, you know. And 
I guess uh, 20 years from now, somebody's going to say, well, I got a Super Story, or I got a Mazda MX-5 Story, or I got a Mitsubishi, whatever that thing is, that goes really, really fast, or a Subaru WRX, or something like that. So, and probably a Porsche Story, you know, because since we like Porsches, um, and then there's the Mercedes-Benz guys, and the BMW guys, and now the McLaren guys, you know, since uh, we've appraised one or two of those here in the last uh, year or so. In fact, it was interesting, because I did a Nissan GTR. And uh, there's a place over in Tampa, and we'll give them a little shameless plug. And I think it's called, uh, well, I can't think of what it is. But um, uh, they uh, do some pretty serious stuff. When I walked into the shop, I was amazed at how many Supers and GTRs had chutes, chutes, that is in parachutes hanging off the back end of them. So these guys are telling me these cars are running in uh, low sevens, high sixes. Now, that's a 200-mile-an-hour car for you guys that, uh, you know, not really sure on the quarter-mile, eighth-mile thing, you know, 1,000 feet or whatever it is. But uh, that's a pretty fast car. I'm more of a road racer slash occasional drag racer, street racer, more than anything else. But um, these cars are pretty quick. And uh, so when I saw that stuff on there, and these guys are putting 14, 15, 16, 17, as much as 1,800-horsepower street cars. I mean, just like you see some of the guys that show up at some of the, you know, if you watch the TV show Street Outlaws, those guys got 2,000, 2,500-horsepower you know, on these mountain motors, so it's pretty serious stuff. Anyway, hey, Tommy, you want to fire up the turntable there and uh, see if you can get that little piece of vinyl spinning around in circles? Oh, yeah. Well, since we're going to be talking about motorcycles here in a little bit, how about a little Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf, right? That's correct. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back. Head out on the highway Looking for adventure and whatever comes our way Yeah, I'm gonna make it happen Take the world in a love embrace Fire all of the guns and bombs and Explode into space I like smoking lightning Heavy metal thunder Racing with the This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey, 
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years experience with classic, vintage, sport, and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm sitting here with my son Bobby. Hello. How are you? And thinking about the Rib Shack. Thinking about the Rib Shack. Oh yes, is Rib it Shack BBQ Largo There you go. Uh, super good BBQ. Barbecue. And no matter what your car story is, you can share it in the Rib Shack. Yeah, you know what we're thinking about doing, and I'm going to let this out on. Uh, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. You know, we're going to be talking about this. But we're thinking about doing. We're trying to get my friend Brian, who's kind of like a DJ. He's got all this. Uh, what do you call it? DJ uh, equipment. DJ equipment. That's it. Yeah. For, for short. And yeah. For for yeah. Right. So at any, any rate, um, that's the beauty of radio. We can just kind of like <laughs> wing it, and you know, it's like uh, okay. Any rate, and uh, what we're thinking about doing on Monday nights, on Monday nights, because they're open until eight on uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday they're open until nine, Friday, Saturday they're open until ten. Right. That's our yeah, time. Don't 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 reveal the name yet. But okay. But what we're thinking about doing is we're going to do a car show thing gathering uh on monday nights so we're gonna play so we can get brian to set up there and do some music play some music look at some cars eat some barbecue that's it i mean it's like uh you sure you don't want to say the name okay all right all right go ahead go ahead it was your idea too and i like the name so go ahead all right ribs and rides ribs and rides coming soon coming Mm -hmm. soon to uh the rib shack barbecue the rib shack barbecue yeah okay now what and uh, so that'd be kind of cool. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, four or five guys show up, three guys show up, ten guys show up, twenty guys. Hey, we got a plenty of parking because right across the street there's that big open field. So. And we can take some song suggestions from Billy C's History of Rock and Roll. Oh, since yeah. Since he gave us a plug, too. <laughs> so I figured we'd have to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Billy's doing a uh, rock and roll show here about an hour before us, yes. isn't he? Yeah. So that's kind of cool. So uh, that's cool. Hey, you know what? It's funny because when I first started the show, uh, back in 2000, what was it, 13? No, 10. No, 10. 2010, yeah. I was, uh, I was kind of like, similar. yeah, you know, here's the deal. This is brokered radio. So, you know, if you guys want to come up here and hum or talk or whatever yeah. you want to do, you could do that. So I remember the first time, gosh, if I listened to that show, I just like, wow, there was just absolutely no emotion in the show. It was all monotone like this. Hi, thank you for tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We prepared Whoa. for two weeks for this. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's funny because it was on a Thursday, and I know I've told the story a hundred times, but I sat there and they go, okay, what are you going on at uh, 4 o'clock? Well, 4 o'clock I was sitting there, I was nervous, and then about 5 o'clock comes along, and I'm still nervous. And then... Uh, and then uh, 6 o'clock comes along, and then about 7 o'clock comes along, Lee looks over at me and says, Hey, dude, uh, you know, are you ever going to do this show because you got to kind of like poo-poo or get off the potty? And I said, uh, well, all right, you know. And, of course, now what people don't realize is, you know, I'm sitting here, and, and of course, the joke is, you know, you have a face for radio because you can't Although see Although we face. are on YouTube Live. Oh, yeah, we are on YouTube Fan Live. Talk Radio yeah. Network. Yeah, YouTube yeah, Live. yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, so what we do is, uh, you know, you just, it's, you, you're sitting in the studio and you're staring at a piece of glass, 
and I'm staring at Tommy on the other side of the glass. And uh, hi, Tommy. Anyway, so he's what he's he's he's, he's queuing in. Hey, f- hey, hey, IG. Hey, Mikey. How you doing? I got some friends that just popped in the studio. And uh, so you know, you're sitting here, and really, in all reality, you don't know how many people are listening. It could be a million people out there listening. It could be one person listening. You just don't really know. So you don't think about that because you're sitting here in the studio and you're staring at your equipment, your mic, or whatever you're doing. And you're happy. And you're happy. Yeah. Now it's not like you're standing in front of a camera. Well, now most of the time, unless you're live. Unless you're live, you know, you just, uh, it's a different story. But I mean, live on a camera. If you're live on a radio, it's like, yeah, okay. So, and it's radio. So we can goof up here because it's live and it's real, you know. But that's a good point because, you know, if you're, if it's something that was filmed or taped or something, we're going to be like, oh, I wonder how many people are going to watch it. I wonder if they're going to like it. I wonder if it's going to do well in the box office. I wonder all that stuff. We're just sitting here having talking fun. on the radio, having, having fun. That's exactly right. Now, Having said that, and uh, having jaw jacked here a little bit, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and uh, fire up the stereo again, and then we're going to bring our guests on in a few minutes because we're going to talk about uh, this upcoming event in St. Augustine, which I believe is is St. Augustine one of the oldest cities in the United States? Uh, yes. I think it is. Hey, Very. you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Here's a little uh, Van Morrison and Wild Nights. And you call me here. Montgomery. Danger is his stock in trade. He plays the odds to win, but payoff can be deadly. Like a lightning rod, he sparks violence wherever he goes. When I'm on the road, in a town When Tunney's on the move, stay out of his way. Where does the next race driver go once he hits the skids? He claws for survival. He keeps his eye on the fast buck and his foot on the accelerator. Are we going to kill Tony? His plans wake properly. With Cyril Poitier and Gay Perkins. Got to take me by the hand. 
No, nothing for me, Matt. I'm on duty. Behind the wheel, Tunney is boss, but the wheeler dealers can play rough, too. Man on the move, one jump ahead of the lawless and the law. I used to think that he was so courageous. You get him. See George Montgomery and Terry Moore in the greatest of chase pictures. The Daredevil. Hey, I'm Dave Despain from Wind Tunnel on Speed. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back. And you tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. It's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. This gentleman is the chairman of Writing in the History. I'm delighted to welcome to Nostalgic Radio and Cars this evening, Bill Peterson. Bill, how are you? I'm doing well, Robert. I want to thank you for inviting Writing in History on your show tonight. Real good opportunity for us. Absolutely. You know what? Uh, my son and I have been regulars at Writing in the History up there at the World Golf Hall of Fame in St. Augustine for, what, the last five or six or seven? I can't even count how many years. So we always have a good time. Yeah. It's a pretty spectacular grounds for a show. We're really blessed that they uh, let us use their facilities. And it just doesn't get any nicer when you can set up bikes all the way around the lake and they're on the, the Walk of Champions, which is a paved, shaded, nice area. we got tons of vendors and food trucks, all kinds of stuff, entertainment, you name it, we got it. Well, give us a little background on riding in the history. Well, it's our 20th year. Um, back somewhere in the late 90s, I used to belong to this club called ABVMC, Atlantic Beach Vintage Motorcycle Club. It was just a gathering of guys and gals that we uh, were all into old motorcycles and motorcycles and motors in general. And uh, Billy Aldridge was the founder of that. He lived up in Atlantic Beach. And he had this idea to start a bike show. And he initially thought he was going to do it during Bike Week, which we did. And it didn't do very well because we were competing too much with everything going on down in Daytona. Um, I personally thought he was crazy that he could even do this, but he pulled it off. And each year we worked on it really hard. And more of us came on board in the first couple of years. Um, Bill Robinson then joined. He became like the main marketing guy behind it. We made a bunch of changes, moved it out into May. We weren't competing with other main events, and it took off. And each year it got bigger and bigger. And probably, you know, over the past 19 years, we've raised over half a million dollars um, for local charities. We started out supporting uh, breast cancer prevention charities, then we moved to Wounded Warriors, and now we've been for the past six years, I believe, it is supporting Wounded Warriors, or rather, I'm sorry, Canines for Warriors, which is a local founded chapter of uh, uh, charity that was founded right here in Ponte Vedra. Um, by Shari Duval. It's a really great charity that um, basically rescues dogs and they, they train them into service animals and then they pair them with veterans who have either physical uh, disabilities or PTSD and other issues and they have a tremendous success rate of saving the veterans, getting them back mainstream into life. It's, it's really impressive to go see the results of what they do. The, uh, the premise for the show, though, is so you have the, the obviously the charities and stuff like that, but um, do you, is there like featured events and the so for our listeners, the ones that are new here that, have, that aren't real familiar with it? So because I've been there, I, I pretty much know what's going on. But I want you to explain to everybody how how the whole system works, how you set up the the event, uh, a featured mark, uh, a guest of honor, a grand marshal. Tell us, take us through the process a little bit. Sure. So there's, there's really or four different events. The main event itself, the, the Concourse d'Elegance, is an antique motorcycle show. 
This year we'll be featuring bikes registered. We go anywhere from two to 300 bikes, plus a bunch of special displays. So everybody must be pre-registered. We don't allow walk-ups. That's because the bikes have to be accepted, um, and they have to be put into classes, and we have to figure out spacing all around the, the Walk of Champions, which is a big circular lake on the, the grounds of the World Golf Hall, which is the Golf Hall of Fame and the IMAX Theater and the, the, the major golf course right in the area there. So that's, that's our premier event. That's where we raise money. We charge $15 at the gate for people to come in and see the show. That's why I said we had all you know, the entertainment and the vendors and food and all kinds of other stuff. Um, that always features a grand marshal. And we started that somewhere back around, I think, 2003. Well, it was 2004. We had Craig Vetter as our first grand marshal. And over the years, we've had all kinds of people. Um, last year was Scott Parker and Bill Werner. Uh, the year before was Miguel Duhamel and Malcolm Smith, Dave Aldana, Dave Spain. I mean, the names go on and on and on. And the grand marshal basically is a big feature. People want to come and see it. Um, so we have some related events that we run around the Grand Marshal. So those occur on Friday. Um, so on Friday morning, we allow people who are entered into the concourse to go on what we call our Grand Marshal tour. And that is, you have to ride one of your antique motorcycles or vintage. Um, and we basically go out for a ride in the country, and then we go to a lunch stop. The lunch is just very informal, just a lot of fun hanging out with the Grand Marshal, talking, kicking tires, you know, comparing notes and stuff, just having fun. We have a leisurely lunch and take a ride back. So that's something that we do just to basically, you know, honor the Grand Marshal and give the people who are going to be sitting in the show all day long the next day the chance to get out and ride their bikes a little. It's a lot of fun. Um, in the evening, on Friday evening, we have something called the Grand Marshal Dinner, and that's in the actual Golf Hall of Fame, in their main hall. We have it catered and set up with tables. We have a silent auction where we auction off all kinds of interesting stuff, usually a lot of artwork and um, a lot of motorcycle-related things that many of our sponsors and vendors give us. Um, and that is basically a, a multiple event kind of thing where we give out some awards. We have some um, speeches. And our Grand Marshal, basically, depending on the Grand Marshal, we either give a presentation um, about what their life and history and racing and motorcycling or whatever is about. Or sometimes in the past few years, we've done this kind of like Q&A, almost like what we're doing here, where it's, we'll get one, one person to come in and interview Grand Marshal. That could be a lot of fun. There's a lot of like back and forth, you know, convincing and stuff. So those are the three main items. I mean, it also includes the silent auction. That's another fourth item. We also do a chip, what we call charity ride, which is um, we organize a ride from one of our sponsored dealerships, which is Adamac Harley Davidson. And we basically will have people come up, sign up for the ride there. We'll lead them on a ride down a nice coastal route and ride them into the World Golf Village, have preferred parking for them. It's just a way to add, again, the ability to go for a ride on your way to the show. The uh, Grand Marshal for this year, who is it? It's a it's a, a young lady. <laughs> well, it's kind of a little bit of serendipity. Um, you know, we moved the event last year and all previous years. We'd always been more like the third week in uh -huh. uh, May, usually somewhere around the 20th. Right. And we were really getting hit by the threat of bad weather for the past several years. So we decided to move it up to see if we can get you know a little bit earlier out of the rainier season. And uh, we moved it to Mother's Day, and then it just so happened that we had reached out to somebody who knew Gloria Strzok, who happens to be a 94-year-old Hall of Fame motorcyclist, and she agreed to be our Grand Marshal. So she's our first female Grand Marshal on Mother's Day weekend, and she is a hoot. We, I just met with her a few weekends ago, and uh, she was down here at one of the dealerships. We spent the day together. She's 94 years old, and she will wear you out with her energy. I mean, she's amazing. She, if you're not familiar with her, she's, she wrote her, her own autobiography at age 91. She's ridden, I think, somewhere north of 750,000 miles on American motorcycles all around the country. She's been through Europe numerous times. Um, the, the lady rides. 
and she's 94 years old, and she still rides. Um, she uh, she's adamant against trailering anything anywhere, and she she drives her own car across country, come visit family and things. She's really wanted to be on the ride, the Grand Marshall ride with us. She's going to be on it. We're going to have her in a sidecar, but we couldn't get her Harley shipped down here just for the weekend, just for a day for her to ride it because she's. She says she's lost six inches over the past 10 or 15 years, so she has to have a special lowered Harley. But she still plans on riding her bike to motor maid conventions and other things because she's, she's one of the earliest motor maids going back to the early 1940s. So she's kind of an icon in the whole ladies' world of motorcycling. And she rides to their annual events, including riding cross-country to Canada. And she, I mean, she has plans right now. When she's 100 years old, she's going to ride cross-country again. That's so, amazing. Pretty inspiring. Yeah, it really is. Truly. Now, tell yeah. us a little bit about what Motor Maze is. I'm reading the bio here right now because I have your website pulled, pulled up here. By the way, anybody tuning in to the show this night, go check out writinginthehistory.com. Okay, so we, all the information is on there right now. And uh, um, Bill will give that information out a little bit later. But there's a story here uh, on uh, Miss Gloria Struck. So, uh, but tell us what Motor, yeah. motor Maze is. I didn't get a chance to really research that. So, uh, what do you know about it? Well, it was one of the first female motorcycle clubs. I wanted to go back just for a second. Correct you, it's ridingintohistory.org. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think, okay. I think, I think .com will route you there, but it's .org. Okay. Um, well, the Motor Mace is one of the original female, um, all-female motorcycle clubs back in the 40s when women weren't looked upon as someone who could ride a motorcycle. You know, quite frankly, it was different time and error and, and morals, if you will, and ethics around women riding motorcycles. And she grew up in a, a family that was all bikes and motorcycles. Her father basically uh, owned a, a bike and a motorcycle shop going back to, I think, the 1916 or somewhere around then. So mm-hmm. she always grew up around motorcycles. Her brother rode motorcycles. And her brother one day insisted she's going to ride. She didn't want to, but he forced her. He said, you're going to learn how to ride a motorcycle. It's in the business. you know, It's in the family business. And she learned to ride, and she realized she really loved it. So she joined the Motor Mates. And Motor Mates have a lot of chapters all around the country now. Um, they're all female. And I've met a lot of them. I'm dealing with a couple of them right now. They're going to help us out on one of our events. They are hardcore riders and uh, very safe, very good riders. And they're really proud of, you know, the miles they do. I mean, it, it puts many of us to shame when you see you talk to the, some of these friends from these clubs and stuff. And they're like, yeah, I put 15,000, 20,000 miles on my bike last year. It's like, wow. And, and they work a full-time job. You know, <laughs> So they, they're, they're very enthusiastic. And, you know, we look at riding into history as basically we reach out to everybody. It's one of the coolest things about motorcycling is, it transcends all the different demographic groups and stuff. You know, whether you're male, female, we don't care about race, religion, or anything else. It's you're into two wheels, you're going to enjoy our show. Now, most of the motorcycles, there's um, over the years, there's been some pretty amazing bikes there. I've got to tell you this, and you meet some fascinating people, some fascinating collectors. Obviously, Jack Wells, who was on our show last week, I met him. Actually, I met Jack at in in downtown Safety Harbor at the British Car Show. But he had brought a couple of his bruff superiors. I want to make sure I said that right because I kept saying bro, but it's bruff superior motorcycles. And then I ran into him again at the uh, uh, writing in the history at your event. And over the last couple of years, we've been pretty good. We've kind of become friends. And then I bumped into him down at Boca and a few places like that. So he's a pretty interesting character. And there was another gentleman there who is he he rides Indians. His wife rides Indians, and his daughter rides Indians. He was on our show. He had kind of an interesting name, but he. You probably know who I'm talking about. Doc? He goes by Doc, I think. Um, and, I've heard of him. I probably know him. Okay. And, but he has an amazing collection, and he's a real interesting guy. So, you know, you talked about Dave Despain. I've ta- Dave's been on our show. We talked about motorcycles. Um, uh, Dennis Gage from My Classic Car is a big motorcycle guy. And yep. Jay Leno's been on our show. He's, he's another motorcycle. Go ahead. Well, but 
the latter two of them, though, or the first two of them, um, have been Grand Marshal scores back in the early years. Okay. This was our Grand Marshal back in 05. Okay. Great, great people. We had, you know, they were, they were some of our first Grand Marshals. They were one of the, you know, uh, Dennis is very big into TV and stuff and programming. He was one who really brought out the cameras and helped us do a lot of video stuff. And, you know, we just had a lot of fun hanging out with him and his son and some friends. And, you know, it's amazing how, how everyone who's into motorcycling can get together and just have fun for a week, just screwing around, going riding and stuff, you know? So where I was going with this is a lot of the motorcycles that are there, the vintage bikes, m- most of them run. There's a few of them that are basically static displays, but the majority of the bikes that show up there at your event. So where I'm going with this is for the concourse, okay, and I'm familiar with automotive concourse. Are your concourse in the motorcycle world similar where the bikes have to run and drive, everything has to function, lights have to work, horns have to work, all that kind of stuff? Or how does it work in the motorcycle concourse world? You know, I'm not familiar enough to be a judge and to tell you oh. the answer that correctly. I do not think they have to run. Okay. Um, John Dustin is our judge. He's been running our judging team for years. Um, we have very qualified judges that are expertise in their particular area, like we have some guys who are, you know, no British bikes inside and out. So I know they are definitely looking for everything just being proper in terms of all the components of the bike, um, the colors, everything else. Um, I do not think we, we ask them to start them. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, a concourse... We may ask them to run and take their word for it. Okay. Because a concourse, as a rule, I mean, what you have basically there is a running, driving, riding, live exhibit. It's basically a museum, but it's real, you know, and it's, and that's why it's pretty amazing. And, of course, me being a motorcycle fanatic and enthusiast, you know, I, I really appreciate it. And I think everybody that participates does, too. And that's why we're trying to help kind of get people a little bit more interested in, 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 in motorcycling, you know. And you yourself now... Are an avid bike uh, motorcyclist. So, and I was reading your bio, and I guess you've ridden what back and forth across the country, and you've been around the world on bikes. Pretty much so. I've been through about forty-five different countries, and I keep trying to add to that list. Um, I'm still trying to fill in a few states where I haven't been, but I've pretty much been, you know, up and down the East Coast and to the West Coast, and up and down much of the West Coast in various different trips. It's to the there's things like, you know, in the middle of the country, like Nebraska and a couple of Dakotas and a few things like that. We just did a trip up to Alaska this summer with our local BMW club. Had a lot of fun with that. Um, so I'm always looking for new adventures. And, you know, over the years, I've always owned two, three, four, five bikes in the garage. And I like to work on them. I like to ride them. I like to go on trips. It's probably the best way to see the world. I mean, you just, there's no way better than to just get on a bike and travel to a foreign country. And uh, you get to meet the people. You get to really see what the world is like. Um, much different than, you know, taking, you know, flying in or taking a bus tour or, you know, any other typical vacation kind of thing. It really puts you um, face-to-face with all the locals and the culture, and you just really see the countryside a lot better. When you ride, when you do these tours, how how much riding do you do per day, and how does that work? I mean, what's your what's your what's what's a typical day for you if you're riding cross-country on a bike? What, so how's your day start? How does it end? Well, if I'm going cross-country here in the States, um, it's usually at least four to 500 miles a day. It can be as much as a 1,000. I mean, Ooh. I've done 950 miles in a day. Um, not because I wanted to, but because we were riding through a hurricane and we were just trying to get, get out of it. Um, <laughs> okay. Trying to get up north. <laughs> you know, chased, literally being chased by the weather. So we just kept riding, saying, let's just keep riding and we'll get out of the rain eventually. And the storm was moving the same direction we were. But when you're over in the Alps, it's, it's almost like a three-to-one scale that um, when you're in the Alps, you could you know, barely make 200, two and a quarter in a day just because you're driving through such wicked hairpins and 
small tight roads and going up, you know, over the tops of mountains and through little towns and stuff. You just can't make any, you know, good time. And you can actually get yourself into a bit of trouble when you, you underrealize that. You think, oh, let's go there this way. And then you think, well, look, it's only, you know, this far away on the map. And you realize it's going to take you three or four hours to get there. And it's still, you know, eight o'clock at night. You're not going to get in until 11. So um, you kind of learn these things as you hit the road. When you're driving, I mean, is it, is it a huge physical demand, and do different types of bikes take a different toll on you when you're riding them? For example, yeah, I, a sport I bike versus... Like okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I traditionally like BMWs. I've had, you know, RTs, um, GT. I've had uh, GSs, and I've rented a lot of GSs overseas. GSs, the, you know, like an R1100 or 1200 GS. They're pretty much the Swiss Army Knights bike to go anywhere on. They're, they're comfortable. You can ride them in anything. You can go off-road on them. Um, I'm riding the Ducati Hyperstrada right now, which people look at it, they think I'm crazy. I just put some bags on it, and I'm like, yeah, I've done 500-mile days on it. It's not a problem. It's not quite as, you know, luxurious as you will, you know, riding a, a big BMW, but it's just so much fun because it's just lightweight, fast, and just so much fun up in the mountains. Is that, uh, now that bike you're talking about, the Ducati, is that uh, a sport bike, like a Pentagalli, or is it something else, more of a cruiser type, like a BMW? It's, it's more like a hypermotard. It's, you know, it's kind of like a motard bike. Um, it's upright seating. Okay. It's pretty much, you feel like you're sitting over the front wheel. It's it's pretty aggressive riding style, but it's not, not like clip-ons and bent over. So, you know, okay. I'm getting a little too old for that. I don't think my, uh, <laughs> my back or my, my wrist is put up with, with a day of riding like that but it's perfectly comfortable to ride all day i mean i got a small sport shield on it and got a comfortable seat and i got enough bags to carry what i need and it's basically it's a good good bike to ride my only complaint with it is it doesn't go far enough on a tank full of gas it's <laughs> not more gas than i'm used to oh okay now the, when you're riding overseas if you're in a foreign country let's say like if you're where, where, where you were in the swiss alps austrian alps french alps i mean if you're over there in europe and you're riding and you know, I mean, how do how are the, how are you received as an American when you're over there riding on 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 foreign roads and stuff like that, dealing with, you know, are there styles of riding different than ours? And uh, kind of elaborate on that a little bit. Well, they definitely uh, you know, they respect motorcycles more in the European countries because they take them very seriously. It's hard to get a license over there; it can be very expensive. They have some very strict um, licensing laws, like you can only get a bike up to so many CCs. Um, until you had experience on it for so many years, so you just can't, you know, be a young crazy guy and go out and buy a Hayabusa or something and go around wheeling up and down the block. Um, so they take it very seriously. Um, the, the drivers are very courteous to motorcycles, so you may be up in a mountain where there's it's marked no passing, but or there's you know very narrow lanes on a high mountain pass, and you'll have two cars coming, you know, each direction, and you can literally thread the needle right between them, and they're perfectly comfortable with that they will both move to their outside of their lane and give you room because they know you're going to get through those curves and turns much faster than them and they, they, they don't want to see you just you know lollygagging behind them and riding their tail so they, they're happy to see you go they don't flip you the bird they don't get mad at you they're they're just totally courteous interesting how much does it cost though for example if you travel over there in europe and whether you're in austria germany france italy or wherever you might be um to rent a bike on a daily basis how much does it cost let's say, compared to if you did the same thing here in the United States? Um, well, a lot of times it's it's a tour, so you're okay. basically going with one of the big tour companies. But I've done it where we've rented bikes individually because I've been the ride leader and led a group of friends on rides around on many different countries. These days it's probably running in the neighborhood of about uh, 150 a day for the bike, and that's usually unlimited mileage. Um, 
And of course, you've got a high deductible on the insurance, um, which is true of even like the tour companies that they'll, they'll never really disclose what you're paying for the price for the bike. They'll just tell you it's a 10 day tour, it's a 14 day tour, and it costs X, but that includes so many hotels and meals and the bike and the 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 uh, chase vehicle, you know, and, and all the other amenities that go with it. So it's really hard to break that out. But I have friends that we rent from when we go overseas in Europe, especially, and it seems to remember it being in the 125 to 150 range. The big thing is you want to look for if you want to keep the cost down. You, you go for a smaller bike. Okay. Now, if you really don't need an R1200 GS and get away with a, a 700 or something, because the cost of the bike is much lower, um, the the loan rate, you know, the, the lease rate on it will be much lower. So you, know, you could go for a Suzuki, uh, you know, or something like that, and, and try to save yourself some money. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious because uh, you mentioned tours, and uh, I, I used to work with a company used to do that with tours to to Germany with the Porsche Club. And uh, they used to put tours together where they would basically visit the Porsche factory, and, and back in the day you could actually visit Weissach. And so the car things, well, while I was working for them, I also discovered that uh, they do basically the same thing for the motorcycle deal um, for motorcycle enthusiasts. So I thought, well, that's kind of cool. So from your own personal experience, the te- taking the tours as opposed to individually is probably a lot more fun? Uh, taking the tours... It can be good because, especially if you're not used to the area, mm-hmm. um, it can be pretty intimidating to try to navigate through the Alps and things because it, quite often it's like you'll come to a, a turnabout and there'll be like a giant totem pole naming <laughs> like 14 different towns that are like, you know, Garmisch Partenkirchen and you can't even pronounce it. You you're like can't look down fast enough at your GPS or your map and figure out where you got to go. Um, so they, they take all the pain out of it. You don't have to pack your bike up every day. It's, you know, you can bring regular luggage, throw it in their van. They'll haul it to you. They get all the hotels. But once you got it down, um, going on your own can be a lot of fun because then you can go at your own pace, stay where you want to stay, go where you want to go. So I've done both. They both have their pros and cons. Okay, cool. Well, we got about a minute or two left, so let's go back to writing in the history. What else? How would you like to summarize the uh, the event this weekend? Well, we're, we got a very full field. We're going to have 260 motorcycles plus an, about another 50 or so in what we call special displays. That means they won't be judged, but they'll be you know, interesting things. Like, we're going to have some sidecars. We're going to have one of the race teams is going to bring a couple of their sidecar race bikes. We're going to have two of our local dealerships, um, the Hollingsworth family from here in St. Augustine and the Adamek family from up in Jacksonville. They're going to bring their private family collection of bikes, American bikes, Harley-Davidson's. So they're going to pull the best of the best from their own and bring that out and put it in a special display. So there's lots to see and do. We're going to have all kinds of vendors. We're, um, we've got so many different vendors, everybody from... You know, Sergeant Cycle, Seats Products, Dime City, Haggerty, Gustafsons, et cetera, et cetera. we got um, lots of food and entertainment. We're going to have all our clubs there from Arma and AMCA and the Florida Airhead Beamer Club, the BMW NEF Club here, the CMA and the BJMC. So there's just a, a big gathering of friends who come together. Like you said, we get some of the best collectors. I mean, people like Jack Wells and others who, you know, they've been invited to the Quail. Their bikes are so good. Um, they're all going to be there. They all bring their best bikes. So it's, it's really a great show. Um, it's going to be beautiful weather. I mean, right now it looks like the weather's just going to be perfect, which is really good. And it is our 20th year. We got a lot of exposure. We're on a lot of different radio, TV, print ads, um, etc. So we're hoping for a record turnout. Just get a lot of people out. The more, the merrier. Um, Gloria's going to be doing book signings from 10 to 12 and from 1 to 3. She is a hoot. Stop by and talk to her. She just she's got tales from her 94 years on this earth that will just have you busting out laughing. She's just so much fun. 
That sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. Just out of curiosity, how old were you when you rode your first bike? Uh, probably seven or eight years old. Seven or eight years old. Okay, so you were bit by the bug early on, too. Okay, that's cool. Well, Bill, we yeah, are... Yeah, and I was riding dirt bikes as a kid. Okay. Yeah, same here. That's what I did. Started dirt bikes and mini bikes and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, Bill, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, one more time, ridingintohistory.org, right? Did I say it right this time? Yep, yep. Saturday, <laughs> May 11th, Mother's Day weekend is coming up. Okay, super. This we're week... ready. We're, we'll basically be there Thursday. Okay, great. Setting up. That's at the World of Golf Hall of Fame in Jackson, uh, excuse me, San Augustine, Florida, Riding in History, 20th year. I want to thank my special guest, Bill Peterson, chairman of Writing in History. Bill, you take care, and I will see you this weekend. All right. Thanks, Robert. Look right. forward to meeting you. Okay. Take care. Hey, everybody. I want to thank you guys for tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget, every Tuesday night here on the Tantalk Radio Network, you can hear us live. Occasionally, my son will pop in. Tommy, we got our regulars, you know, and we got our regular callers. And uh, for the most legendary and fascinating names in motorsports. Don't forget to check us out here. And visit our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. Don't forget to follow us on our social media. Bobby, why don't you give us some of the social Facebook, media? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. That's it. And we want to see you at some of the car shows. We want to see you at some of the motorcycle events. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. Love